This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's another week on the Mess It Up Podcast. I am here with you for show number 181. It's September 28th as we uh, release this. It might not be that date as you listen to this, but anyhow, we're towards the end of September, beginning of October. Welcome, welcome, welcome to autumn or fall, depending on where you live. Uh, I'm here with my lovely wife, uh, listener Bev from California, has joined me once again for the show, and we're going to get into an interesting conversation that we were having just a little bit ago, and we decided to put it down on the bits for you guys. Uh, so uh, hopefully it can be enjoyable for you. A couple things to get out of the way while we're thinking about this. First of all, I want to remind you that we are all over on social media or, as it sometimes feels, anti-social media because no one's talking to me. <laughs> go on the media. People, I tell you, say this every single week. Go find me or find the show on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever and just respond to us so that we can, uh, we can be interactive. It, it makes it a whole lot more fun for your, uh, your bow tie guy here. Uh, so just look up uh, messed up or mess it up podcast. Uh, we're on uh, on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, oh, what's it called? Reddit as messed up ministries on Reddit. But uh, you can find us with a little bit of look, and um, uh, we just want to get connected. So uh, please do that, and uh, thank you in advance. Uh, our word of the week this week is kind of a fun one. It's one that I got off of. Um, my, uh, my my British football uh, podcast, Sorted, is what it is. And a lot of people call this, say this sorted, but it's sorted, S-O-R-D-I-D. And what it means is dirty or, or squalid or, you know, morally bad um, to have contempt or whatever. It's like, you know, your sorted past uh, or, you know, it, it paints a sorted picture of your life. Um, so, you know, something that is distasteful is sorted not sorted but sorted and that's kind of a a fun uh fun word so if you can use sorted in your vocabulary this week in your sentences give yourself 10 points each time as you do and smile at people letting them know that you're teaching them a brand new word is that like how sore did it feel when the ball hits you in the arm that is a great pun it is like that it's also like uh i i i whipped out my blade and sorted him Oh, because, there you uh, go. There you go. Me. You know what? We're turning this from a fun word to a not fun word. Oh no, this is fun. Yeah, this is fun yeah, for you. Know, pun, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pun, puns are good. Welcome yeah. to the Pun It Up podcast. <laughs> uh, so, anyhow, I guess we'll we'll move on with things. Please think about becoming a patri- uh, patron uh, with us, and you do that by joining our Patreon membership for as little as a dollar a month. Go to messituppodcast.com. Click on the Become a Patron button, and you can sponsor the show financially. You can also sponsor Messed Up Ministries financially. It looks like we're getting close to getting back into those prisons, and we are going to need uh, funds to buy supplies uh, for the inmates, to uh, pay for gas for people to drive. Uh, Don't come cheap. Um, We spend a couple hundred dollars um, a month on gasoline alone, just going back and forth to the prisons. So... All of your help helps. Uh, it also keeps the show on the air by uh, paying for bandwidth and websites and hosting and all those kind of things that, that don't come for free either. So we thank you to our, our uh, sponsors 
and our patrons and we welcome any new members would love to get some more people in our book review uh in our, our book club uh so that's the 25 dollar a month listen 25 dollars a month it's less than a dollar a day if you went and went to mcdonald's every day and bought a, a large soda for a dollar that would cost you about thirty dollars plus tax unless you live in oregon and for 25 dollars less than that you could be part of our book club and get a lot more than a soda would get for you so uh, anyhow, love to see those new sponsors coming in. Uh, thanks for joining us on Patreon. I don't think I have anything else, Bev, do I? Um, you know what? I always know you have something else, but I think that's all you need for the That's all I need for, for the this beginning? Okay. sorted uh, show. Bev is getting, getting fancy with us here. Well, we were talking before the show, and uh, Bev is, is looking, she's reading through a book that she got from Faith who you've heard on the program in the past, uh, I believe. Am I, am I That's correct. speaking correctly? Okay. And and what is this book? Is it a, um, a devotional book? Is it a Bible study? What What's the... It's, I would call it a devotional book, but it's more of a uh, finding hope in the midst of pain kind of a book. And it's called Seeing Beautiful Again by Lika, <laughs> Lisa Turkhurst. And uh, if you're familiar with her at all, you might remember her name from Proverbs 31 Ministries. So that's that's where I got this. Okay, great. And so this book is a book for hope. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that okay? So um, Bev was talking to me about something that she read in the book, and I thought, well, that's a that's a really interesting topic to topic talk about. And the idea was what what we do when normal gets hijacked, when our normal is taken away. So, um, Bev, what, what does normal look like for you? What, how would you quantify, classify, qualify normal? Normal to me is what my house was growing up. There was a um, sense of fairness, a sense of um, uh, safety, a sense of laughter, um, and a pleasant conversation where everybody was involved, where no one was left out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those parameters. So, so normal, not just necessarily meaning the way things always are, because normal might look very different in different households and situations. Normal, when you're living with an alcoholic, might not be healthy. Are we talking in this sense, is it referring to a healthy normal? Is that fair to say or? Hmm. Yes. I would say a healthy normal. Okay. Okay. So, so when we're thinking about normal, cause I think about kids, um, that I taught in the past and their normal was so unhealthy and just out of whack with what a child should go through. And I see kids, um, today that, that have things I was talking to a person today and uh, they have uh, uh, nieces and nephews that live in a situation that is normal for that niece and nephew, mm -hmm. but it's not what we would want for a child. Um, so so that's what we're looking for is when, when, when healthy normal gets hijacked and, and replaced then uh, with an unhealthy normal. Uh, what kind of things uh, have have been taken the place of your normal 
Bev, I mean, when we talk about this idea of normal getting hijacked, what what has come in or could come in to help, help draw a picture for the listeners? Okay. Um, one of the things that, that I think of is um, where there is an amount of abuse in the home that can... Um, that can create an unhealthy normal. Um, not so much for me, but in watching Dan and Faith, I would say illness, mm -hmm. illness to a member of the family. Um, it can just be one or it could be more than one. Mm -hmm. you yeah, know? I was thinking, you know, COVID hijacked everybody's normal yeah. uh, in 2020. It, the normal left and, and we now have the preponderance of phrases like well this is the new normal yes get used to the new normal this yes. is how things are going to be from here on out and and I, I heard just as recently as yesterday in pastor's sermon is this the new normal are we living in the new normal and it, i think for me it's hard to to tell if it's the new normal you know if a change that's come in is going to be permanent if it's a temporary change if i'm just in a season of flux if I'm if I'm in a transitional area, you know that can be a difficult thing to tell for me sometimes when I'm in it. Uh, what about for you? Are you able to tell when when your normal is getting hijacked? When normal is changing? Well, yeah. Can I go back to your initial question because there were still a few more yes. that I wanted to mention? But please remember mm -hmm. that because I um, I think financial difficulties can mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. be. Uh, or maybe financial wealth, you know, maybe too financial much changes. money. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think a change in a job, um, uh, a death, mm -hmm. a birth. Yeah. Um, I think of empty nesting. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's so many out there. Yeah. Um, uh, getting bad news yeah. can disrupt your normal. Well, it's interesting, you know? too, because when I, when I mentioned... You know, empty nesting, that's such a, a two-sided coin. You know, for the children who are leaving that nest and going off on that next adventure, whether it be moving away for college or for a job or to join the military or whatever it happens to be, that can be a great sense of adventure and hope and excitement and, and a positive thing. Whereas for the parents, it's like, okay, now what do we do? And it's it's got much more of a negative uh, sorrowful mm -hmm. connotation to it. Mm -hmm. So, so we could have the same situation happening, but being perceived right differently right. by by different people. I, yeah, I was thinking about teenagehood. Mm -hmm. You know, when your teenagers start mingling and their friends become more important at that point than maybe the family unit. Um, then you start bringing in more. Uh, perspectives on normal because they start seeing other people and how right. they live right so yeah, yeah. okay Can so so uh going back to where uh i had hijacked your normal before was um how do we tell if we're in a transitional phase or if this is a uh, the beginning of a new normal or if normal has changed how do we know if it's a temporary thing or a a big shift boy oh that that's a difficult question because I'm not here. So, to talk yeah. about music, yes. This really this is, is journalism. turning a mess into a message sometimes. Um, always, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Oh man, 
I don't know how to know, but I just know that sometimes your normal getting hijacked comes so gradually that it sneaks up on you and suddenly it's like, bam, here's right. the day. The lobster I, in the pot with the water going up. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. And, and I think hard. sometimes for me, there's an attitude about it. I know for us, we had a change in normal when I got incarcerated and we made an attitude change. We were purposeful about, okay, this is going to be a transition. You know, we're, we're going to, we're going to address this. We know that this is a change that's coming and things are going to be very different, but we're transitioning into this. We're not just having it thrust upon us. We know it's not a temporary thing. Um, you know, sometimes I can feel, I, I know <laughs> I'm not a good patient when I am sick, especially if I have the flu. So I've got like achy joints and fever. I'm in bed and I'm miserable and I'm sitting there thinking never again in the history of man from this day forward will I ever feel good again this will be forever I will feel bad mm. and I I won't ever feel complete I don't know that I ever did but I know for sure I never will and then in you know a day or two or a week I'm, I'm back to normal again and and so sometimes in that misery I'll wallow in it and feel like it's going to be forever um, a heartbreak uh, a losing of a of a, ro a romance or a, a loved one can feel like this this pain will never end um, until we you know deal with it it just continues to deal with us for me um, I can say that um, when my normal gets rocked or hijacked as we're talking about it usually means that my fear is starting to win out over my faith mm. yeah it's um that that's always my gut reaction because my home was so secure as a young girl um i i had so much faith in my parents that i knew they would already re always rescue me and you know now that i'm a grown-up <laughs> you know and and since my mom passed away i'm seeing that gauntlet passed to me that now i need to try to help my kids but um, yeah, my fear begins to grow. Right. And, <laughs> and I think about this and I, I was just looking at the, the clock. What I want to do is I want to, I'm going to jump to our, our song of the week because our song of the week this week is from Elevation Worship. It's called Rattle. And I know that when these changes comes, it can rattle us. Um, and, and we'll come back on the other side of the break. And we'll talk about, uh, from your book, three perspectives that the author gives when normal gets hijacked. We'll talk about those. But right now, I want to play about 90 seconds from Elevation Worship. This is a song, Rattle. And uh, hold on. Grab the side of your computer or your phone. Or, or if you're on the treadmill, you know, grab both hands because we're going to rattle you for about 90 seconds. And we'll come back and talk some more. So see you in about 90 seconds. Since when has impossible ever stopped you This is the sound of dry bones rattling This is the praise make a dead man walk again
so there's a lot of versions of that song and, and the one that uh, I used is Zach Williams doing it with Elevation Worship because you know me, you know I love me some Zach Williams. So there you go. Bev, What uh, what's jumping out at you uh, with this rattle? There's such a small portion of this song that, that really gets me and that is uh, since Does when... Does that mean that the large portion doesn't get you or... Oh, no, I don't mean that. Okay, that's, I, I, I didn't think you did. I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, yeah. Bev, Bev is not, you know, a heathen. No, 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 no. Um, so, well, I hope not. <laughs> I guarantee it. Um, no, the line that really speaks to me uh, is, since when has impossible ever stopped you? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And especially with this topic that we're talking about today. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to say too much because I think it'll tie in later, but um, that comment, I mean, that line is everything, everything. Mm-hmm. It, it, our hope is built on that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, my, my line is similar. It comes a little bit after that. It says, you're not going to run out of miracles anytime soon. Mm. This God that we serve is a God that can do things. He can raise the dead. He can take those dry bones, make them rattle and come to life and bring Jesus from the grave, bring Lazarus forth, bring people back because he created it so he can Mm -hmm. do it again and he's Mm -hmm. not running out. And and right after that says, you know, I believe there's another miracle here in this room. Mm. Well, if, if there's a miracle here in this room, by inference, I can assume that I'm where the miracle's about to happen. And there's a good chance that I'm that miracle. If there's another miracle here in this room where I am, because so much of the time I am the one in the room and that means I am God's miracle. And if that doesn't give me hope that I am somebody's miracle, then I, I think I should reevaluate. Um, mm-hmm. If I can't get hope from knowing that I'm right. God's miracle for someone else, for myself, for my family, for a stranger, for loved ones, for, for children and friends and whoever, I'm that miracle. You're that miracle. You've got yes. something in you that is going to be beneficial to somebody else just because you live and have lived and mm-hmm. are living in front of them. They'll see it. And whether it's seeing something great that you do or just the fact that you make it through a struggle, which we right. can belittle as not being great, but it's just as great as hitting a home run in the bottom of the ninth to win the World Series. You making it through the struggle that you're making it through. Someone else is doing it. Seven and a half billion people on the planet. Someone's going through what you're going through. If you're the only person going through it, that is truly an odd-breaking miracle that you're the only person to have gone through a certain situation. So no matter how crazy it might seem, by going through it, you're helping someone. And by talking about it, you're letting them know because they might be too uh, shy or embarrassed or defeated to speak it. But when they hear you speak it, they can be like, oh my gosh. And I remember going through my counseling when I got out of jail and they, they talked about something and they gave it a term. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's, it's happened so many times that there's a term for this. Mm. I didn't know that. I thought I was the only one. And it, it was so freeing to not be the only one. That's the power in the testimony. Right. That's the power in in, in Jesus. And, and that's the power of the rattle, I think. Yes. Yeah. So um, uh, your book talked about three uh, 
things to do or three. I, I remember there was three something. I don't remember three of something, what it was. Can you? The three perspectives. Three perspectives. Okay, yes. Can you give us uh, one of those perspectives? We'll, okay. we'll go through them one at a time. And, sure. And just, we'll talk about the first one. According to Lisa Turkhurst, um, the first one is that you are not alone in wanting things to be different and asking God to change your situation. Well, that's so funny. I was just talking about not being alone, and then that was the thing. That's right. I stole That's her thunder. Right. Sorry, Lisa. Yes. Um, yeah, when, when when normal when when things change, it can be easy to feel, why me? How come it's me? There's no way anybody's ever gone through this. And and what is the danger of being the only one to go through something that you might see? Is is there a because I, I mean. I have something I want to say, but I don't want to be the only talker on the show. And I um, have been told I talk too much, people. Okay, the danger in being the only one going through something. Yeah, why is that a problem? How come um, we can't just go ahead and be the only one going through it? Because you can't share your feelings with anybody else. You don't get feedback and um, support. Yeah. And you need people to stand in the gap with you and for you. Yeah, if, if nobody else has gone through this, nobody else will understand me. So they won't be able to give me a perspective. We can't learn. And if I'm the only one going through this, there's no evidence to suggest that I'll make it through. Right, right. But because other people have survived things, it gives us the impetus to say, okay, I'm going to try it because I might not make it, but other people have. Other people have been shipwrecked and survived on an island. So when I get shipwrecked and land on an island, I won't just give up. I'll say, okay, other people have made it through this other people have 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 survived cancer so i know that i can do this we, i remember when cancer you hear that word and it was just a death sentence and now so many people are surviving mm -hmm. cancer because we've made it through and, and we've shared those stories yeah uh, in my devotional today i was looking at a story that i've read so many times and it's about satan tempting Jesus or mm -hmm. attempting to tempt Jesus. Um, and oh, he tempted him. Yeah. Well, Jesus didn't succumb. No, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's correct. That's the correct way to say that. But anyway, um, tying that to this topic about, um, you're not alone in wanting things. I think the answer is always found in looking at the humanity of Jesus. You know, we talk about how we don't want to go through things alone. When we look at the human side of Jesus, um, he I'm sure he struggled. He had to struggle. You don't have to read very far in the Bible to where he's warning his followers, look, if you love me, you're going to be persecuted just like I am. Yeah. But to know that he he has a plan for us where we can come out on the other side is awesome. And what Lisa points to here is that um, when Jesus was in the garden and he's praying, you know, please take this cup from me. So it's not, there's nothing wrong in asking God to give us relief. However, if you go ahead and read the rest of that scripture, he says, but not my will, but yours mm -hmm. be done. So it's a, a turning over of, of the, maybe the only answer that we can think of might be so far off the, the, um, the great, incredible, one perfect answer that God has for us. But there's nothing wrong in asking and right. sharing that with, yeah. with God.
and and it can be easy to write off hope and say, well, okay, yeah, Jesus was a man, but he was God. So, you know, Jesus knew he was going to suffer on the cross, but he also knew he was going to heaven. So it's okay. He can do it. Well, let me tell you this. Um, go right now, if you want, uh, go find a nice sharp knife in your kitchen and chop off a finger. You won't die from getting your finger chopped off. You know, it, it, people dying from getting a finger chopped off is very rare. Uh, it's going to hurt, though. And just knowing that you're not going to die from it and it'll be okay later and you'll be able to survive doesn't mean I want to go through it. Doesn't mean I want to do it. Doesn't mean I'm looking forward to it. And doesn't make it easy to do just because it's survivable. So, you know, taking that that aspect that, oh, well, Jesus was God, so it doesn't really matter because he knew he was going to be okay. Yeah, I know I'll be okay in the end. And I've got the promise that I've got a better life after this one here on this side of the dirt ends. But I don't like going through some of the struggles I go through mm-hmm. at all, and I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to increase them. I don't want to go looking mm-hmm. for them. Um, so, but that—that's the whole human condition, though. Is sometimes we we do know what's coming, um, but then we can make that choice to either be mad at God because ultimately He's going to get what He wants, or we can be saying. God, you know what's good for me, and I'm accepting this. You know, so yeah. just not fighting that, turning our will over. I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, what is the second perspective that she suggests? Um, there is a place to attach our hope, but it's not to our desire for changed circumstances. Okay. Can you say more about that? What is what is? Um, well, how did how does uh, can you give me an example? Uh huh. Um, we can we can have a desire, a strong desire for a change, or think that we have the best answer out there. And even sometimes when it's a matter of being sick, there is um, I think there's evidence to say, medical evidence to say, when you have a good attitude about it, you may you may heal faster or you know help yourself along that, but. The fact that what we just talked about in the last little part there was to turn your will over. It means, um, let me let me say it this way. I was recalling some tough times I had been through uh, this morning in, in reading this topic. And I realized that during that tough time, I had two choices. One was to look at my misery and keep trying to figure out a way out of it on my own or to actually reach out and ask God for his help. And the point of that was that my focus was off. My focus was on my problem. My focus was not on God and what he could do about that. Right. And then finally saying, whatever. Yeah. So so I think that's what that means is um, where we put our hope is going to make a lot of difference. And that hope could be put into our addiction. Um you know, a bottle, it could be in spending money, gambling, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not where we're not going to find hope in that. It's just a useless waste of time. Um, If we put our hope in Jesus, we're going to come up out of that. Right. And, you know, focusing on the end goal rather than the immediate problem. I, I remember hiking in Zion and going through and I was I was miserably cold. I had gotten to the point where I was uh, reaching toward uh, hypothermia and I was shivering uncontrollably. 
and couldn't find warmth and I couldn't move my body enough to create warmth and I was just, you know, turning blue and my daughter was getting very concerned when she looked at me and, uh, you know, we had to keep on jumping into cold water, you know, ice cold water and swimming through it. And there was one point where we jumped and I had to jump out about six feet and down about six feet. And what that meant, we, we jumped over a slippery log and rock. And what that meant was my, my, that was my turning point. Before that, I could have gone backwards and I could have reversed course and gone back to where I started from. But once I made that leap, there was no way back up to change courses. So I had to keep going. And I knew that there were other points after that where I was going to have to jump into water again and rappel down into water again. And I had to just, if I, if I would have quit, I, I, I would have just been stuck there and then left to die. Sometimes you can't go back. It's that point of no return. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to go. Once you jump out of the airplane, you just pray that the parachute works and you go with the next plan. The, the original plan being in the airplane is changed. Now you've changed it. You've jumped out. Now I, I went past that point and I had to keep on going and, and focusing on the cold, focusing on the misery, focusing on the, the uncomfortableness and, and all of that wasn't going to change my situation. Right. What was going to change my situation was focusing on that goal where I knew when I went around a couple of corners and down a couple of hills and through a couple of tunnels, I was going to be in sunshine. And it got to the point later where I was taking my shirt off and enjoying the sunshine and feeling like I was warm because I had made it through right. the cold, miserable part. Yeah, I know in Celebrate Recovery, <clears throat> we talk, there is a whole chapter devoted to hope. And um, so <clears throat> I was thinking the other day, oftentimes when I describe hope and give it a definition, I want to say that it's a wish, you know, but the difference between hope in Christ is a wish is tied to something that we wish that we that, that, <laughs> and that, hope that, is tied yeah. to hope. <laughs> that, no, that something we want. That's uh -huh. what I mean. But hope through Jesus Christ is tied to God. It's 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 a different direction. Yeah, yeah you know? wish is a, a, a an unpromised future, right? And hope is a promise for the future. Right. And it's sure. Yeah. It's, it's that's sure. the promise. Yeah. Right. That's the difference is the promise of Christ mm -hmm. is where you find your difference between wishing and hoping. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And so what's the third perspective that we're encouraged uh, from uh, your um, book? Okay. The third one is though our stories take unexpected twists and turns through valleys, God's plan is still good. Mm. So, there again, it's speaking to a plan, which speaks to hope. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not, it's not mapped out. I mean, if it was mapped out, if we knew, if we knew the time and date, things would be so different. But because we don't know that time or date, that's what makes, that's what puts the adventure into life. That's what puts the enjoyment into life. That's what makes it fresh and exciting every day to wake up and experience because we don't know this is what's going to happen today. This is, mm -hmm. you know, it, it becomes so mundane when it's the same old thing every day. Right, right. Yeah, I often spend time wishing that every day was as good as today is. 
you know, and I know it's not going to be that. So that's just a false, I'm just fooling myself in that, you know, mm-hmm. I need to be thankful that I have this day because if something else might be coming. Um, Mm, I forgot my thought just now. Oh, Sorry. That is my Sorry. That's you yeah. taking my that's my role here is to forget what I was saying. Oh, I I know. Sometimes right in the midst of that battle, right in the midst of that pain, um it, it is hard to see that God is good because you're thinking, I'm thinking in my mind, this is not good. Therefore, God has promised me that things will turn out for my good, but it doesn't mean that he's saying right now things are going to feel good or be good. Yeah. Good grief. You know, I mean, you don't have to look very far to see people who are loving the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and horrible things are happening in their lives. Yeah. You know, so... God doesn't promise us that. That's right. That's right. Um, and and if we're living the life, He does promise that there will be some bad stuff that comes in. There will be some some trials, some tribulations, some some uh, persecution, some disappointment, because we've got you know seven and a half billion free wills walking around the world. Right. We're going to bump right. into each other and and mess each other's fancy designs up just a little bit. We can't. The new car doesn't stay new forever. You know, right. got to get it up there, park close to the store, and let someone put a ding in it. So that way you can just relax. I I love though that you use the word that God has a plan when you started talking about this third one. You know, and that plan is perfect. And I know the Bible tells us that we may well. It warns us not to say tomorrow we're going to do this and tomorrow we're going to do that. Instead, you know, allow God to. Um, uh, make our path and our our steps Mm -hmm. you know he has a plan for our life and knows where we're going right so um anyhow yeah yeah Yeah. well that's pretty good bev can you tell us the name of that book again sure i will um i really recommend it especially if you're walking through a tough time it's called seeing beautiful again um and it says 50 devotions to find redemption in every part of your story and the author lisa Turkhurst, and that's L-Y-S-A, and the last name T-E-R-K-E-U-R-S-T. Wow, that's uh, that's a lot of spelling mm-hmm. from there. Proverbs thirty-one Ministries. Nice. Okay, so yeah, if you check out Proverbs thirty-one Ministries, uh, that might be an easier way to uh, to get to this uh, name that uh, we're trying to figure out um, how to spell. Uh, so. Uh, I'm, I'm looking that up right now. Uh, Proverbs 31 Ministries. Yeah, it's Proverbs31.org. And, uh, you know, it's um, it's got all sorts of, of stuff going on there. So, so yeah, check that out. Um, oh, Bev, here she goes. Don't fear an untidy life. Oh, dear. <laughs> that's, oh, that's dear. That's her yeah. most recent right, podcast. Right, right. Uh, so, man. Um, Sounds like something I w- would love listening to because I don't fear that untidy life. Can I can I just say too, um, when she says find redemption in every part of your story, the beautiful thing about her is that she shares her struggle, you know, and makes it very personal. 
So when you read the things that she's talking about, she gives examples from her own life, which is always, yeah. always what we're supposed to do. I hate hearing a pastor say, and you know, I can, I'm here to tell you my life is not perfect. And then they go on. They don't tell me, hey, here right, was my right. deep, ugly struggle. Right. Well, my life's not perfect. You know, I looked at a donut this morning and I really shouldn't be eating. You know, don't tell me your namby-pamby, you know, who cares weaknesses. Get real with me. And, and I know I can trust you. Um, well, yeah, I love that about Celebrate Recovery. And we've said that a million times on this podcast, how important it is to share your testimony. I, I have heard people say, oh my gosh, if somebody were to write down my sins and put them on, um, you know, up on the screen on Sunday morning where they usually put the lyrics to the songs, I would die on the spot, you know? And, you know, it's not that we want to share every ugly part of our life with everybody, but you need to find a safe place where you can do that mm-hmm. because I, I do believe that that's how we heal. It's sharing it with ourselves, someone else, and with God. Yeah. Someone we trust. Yeah, and there's you know? power in that community. There sure is. Yeah. And there's power in this community here. So thanks for joining us on uh, the Mess It Up podcast. Uh, if you want more community, find us on our social media. We've got community going on there. Uh, or become a patron and uh, you can join in our book study. You can you get access to our Discord chat server by becoming a patron so you can talk with other listeners about things that are going on in your life uh, and have that safe, um, secluded place where you can just chat with other people who get it. Um, so check that out. Go to messituppodcast.com. Click on that button. Uh, if you want to send email, info at messituppodcast.com or bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. Uh, check us out there. If you want to talk to me, 760-608-1942. That'll get you me. Uh, you can send me a text. You can give me a call. Love to talk to you or text back and forth. Uh, it'd be great to see you uh, at some point and have your story on the show because you've got a great story that people need to hear as well. So thanks for listening to us. Thanks for being here. And we will see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.